Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, and I have a wonderful, wonderful guest for you guys today, a special treat. He is the president and CEO of Argenta Solar, amongst other things, and he is also the host of the Building Great Sales Teams podcast, so I'm hoping he's going to sprinkle a few bombs of knowledge on us today. Please welcome to the show, Doug Mitchell. Doug, welcome, mate. I appreciate you having me. I had a two goals when I first got into our apex network and started listening to podcasts. And one of them was to be on the real business owners podcast, which I was last week. And then the other one was to be on your podcast. No way. The small business surgeon. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. hundred percent. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that, uh, that we got to hook up and do this man, because, uh, you're someone I've come to know, uh, over the last, uh, over the last year, really, but a little bit more since uh-huh. I got into the, the executive group. And, mm-hmm. um, I I wasn't uh, I real business owners came on my playlist this morning and I'm not sure it was you that was on it or or if I'm an episode or two behind it but uh, I do keep up with those guys as well it's one of phenomenal podcasts so uh, you flatter me um, but man I don't even know where to begin with you because like <laughs> you you you're, you're fast becoming a, a kingpin in the solar industry um, but you also have a a podcast that is um, centered around how to build and maintain great sales teams so I would like uh-huh. to touch on a little bit of that too but um, sure. first off um before we get too deep into it why don't we tell the audience who doug mitchell is man give us a little bit of background on you man i'm your i guess i'm your t- typical entrepreneur that dealt with some adversity when i was younger mm-hmm. so that created a little chip on my shoulder and mm-hmm. uh so i was kind of unemployable from a young age and uh you know i did mobile detailing i did uh marketing you know i, I learned uh real estate marketing. And so I took advantage of that and I had a small business doing that for a little bit. And then eventually I, I got hired by someone that was able to invest in me and show me how to run different businesses. They had multiple businesses and one of them was Argenta. All right, hold, hold up. Let's back up a minute. Sure. How old were you when you first started out on that journey? And how old were you by the time you found the mentor that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that developed you into Argenta? So I was uh, 18 when I moved from San Antonio, Texas to Corpus Christi, Texas. I followed a girl, <laughs> had about 200, 200 bucks in my truck, right? And, go. and I, always, I always knew that I was going to be something great. Nobody else did. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew that in my head. I knew I had an edge on everybody. I didn't know what it was right. you know, at, the, at that time. I didn't realize it was work ethic. It was the chip on my shoulder. It was the need to uh, not need anybody kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And so yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I had the same chip, man. Yeah. <laughs> to to my detriment in my 20s, but anyways, um so I I got to Corpus Christi and um that was at 18 and then uh I would say I found McLoba Partners was the company and uh Troy Sonny was the owner. I found him when I turned 22. Okay. Okay. And so- then and then he, uh, he asked me to, so at, at the time I was the marketing manager, right. Mm-hmm. But I was also kind of a liaison between the, the boiler room, which was the sales group right. and him, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't, they didn't get along. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of like passed information between the two. 
So I kind of learned from him and then from the manager that was in that boiler room, kind of how to manage salespeople, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he started a door-to-door -door company that had an at t contract and uh, it didn't go well. He sunk 200 grand into it. And then he asked me to start managing it and see if I can get it back to black. And then maybe he could sell it, you know? Okay. Okay. So what was that and, experience like? Um, You know, I you don't wake up and say, hey, I want to own a door-to-door -door sales company and scale it to 5 million, you know, like, especially no. not as a young adult. You well, know? Dude, when I worked door-to-door -door as a young adult, the only thing I wanted to scale to was the nearest bar. Like, right. you know, door-to-door -door well, was, uh, that, that, that was, that's, that's hard work, dude. That's a thankless yeah. task, I tell you. So yeah. I, I reverse, you know, I started to reverse engineer it. I was like, the first thing I need to do is go out and knock on doors and figure this thing out. Right. So I did that. I developed a script. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I hired another salesperson and trained them how to do it, you know? And so that, that caught on, uh, you know, I, I had an advantage in that I had someone in my company um, that had came from another prominent sales company and was able to kind of lay out the platform for a lot of stuff. And so I definitely took advantage of that. And then I hired uh, Wayne Skinner. He's now my VP of sales. Uh, everything you're talking about on the solar side. Mm -hmm. uh, he he's developed, you know what right, I mean? Right. So he's a, he's a huge part of that success on the solar side. But anyways, going back to that, I, I just kept replacing myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? At every level. And I knew I wanted to build something huge, you know, millions and millions, not just hundreds of thousands, not just to take care of my family, but to build something that right. had an impact, you know? And uh, so going back to my, my mentor at the time, um, he, he was able to show me a lot of great things about sales and sales management. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he was also able to show me what not to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so much <laughs> Which, easier when somebody shows you that rather than finding yeah. that shit out on your own, man. Yeah. Like, so, you know, when it comes to like core values and mission statement and building culture, those were the things that were de deficient at his companies. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. I really doubled down on in my companies, you know? Right. And that's why, like, I have a VP of sales that's been with me for 10 plus years, you know, that managers that quit would come back, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because of the integrity that I had in my business. And then also, you know, basically we built out that culture, that culture of, hey, we hire from the bottom and you can get, uh, you can promote yourself at every level. Because we were very sales heavy. We were a sales company. We worked off yeah. of commission, you know? And so basically we didn't need a one year review to tell you whether you were doing your job and give you a raise. It was like, if you do well, you'll make more money. And then yeah. if you do, if you lead other people, then you'll get promoted. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. if you lead multiple offices, then you'll make even more money. You know what I'm saying? Right. So <laughs> the, the opportunity structure was there. You know what I mean? So oh, absolutely. again, yeah. learned a lot from him, what to do, what not to do. Uh, he's still uh, a part of my life today because he was a minority partner. Uh, mm -hmm. up until about two years ago. And then I bought him out completely. And, uh, but yeah, I just, I sent him a text the other day, just thanking him for, you know, taking that chance on me. He, uh, owner financed the company to me. Mm -hmm. So I bought it for 200 grand. Oh, wow. And, um, it wasn't worth 200 grand, no. but I didn't care. I didn't care. <laughs> I was an, entre I, when I signed that document, I was an entrepreneur and that's all I wanted, you know? So we have, so I was willing, yeah, Be your I was own willing boss. to, to, to pay 200 grand to get that start, you know, like so many people do when they franchise and stuff like that. So. Mm, yeah. 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 So I want to ask then uh, without throwing anybody under the bus, what was mm -hmm. the biggest 
takeaway you got from your time with him as in the mistakes and learning what not to do what was the the biggest thing that you saw come out of that that you transitioned through into your new business i would say uh emotional maturity so that's a good one man yeah yeah understanding you know when that rise is coming up in you and everything you're going to say after that is not good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and being able to sleep on it, you know, being, being able to sleep on it is a huge thing, you know? Yeah. And so he would, we'd be having conversations and we just, we just clashed, you know, I was new school. He was old school. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to just advertise on Facebook and, you know, bring in customers online, but we had a high end older customer, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I understood why he didn't too. So, we would have these conversations and we would get into it. And of course I said, I was unemployable for a reason because I don't know when to shut my mouth. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and a lot of young, young books are like that. And so he would, he would just get up in the middle of the conversation and say, Hey, we'll pick this up tomorrow. And he would walk away. Mm. And I didn't understand it until like 10 years later when I found myself yelling into my cell phone and kicking my furniture in my office. Wow. Because I thought that everybody needed to listen to what I said and do what I said when I said it. And somebody didn't. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning I was like, I acted like a total jackass and I should have slept on it. And then I looked back at, you know, I think it was like six years ago, uh, six years before when Troy would, he would, he would just stand up like, Hey, we'll, wrap up this conversation tomorrow because he could feel it rising in him and yeah. so he would walk away from the situation you know that makes that makes so much sense i mean because when when i was a kid um i was i was always managed from a position of authority so i thought mm-hmm. that that the authority and management came from raising my voice and came from shouting and came from telling people what to do and it yeah. doesn't you know the authority and management is is earned by being a respected leader mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's amazing. We learn the same lessons on on different sides of the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I'd be in his office, and you know, things like that would happen. And then I would see what would happen when he didn't walk away. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you know, he had some high level producers, some big income earners that would bring in a lot of business. You know what I mean? And he lost them because in that moment. He let his ego and everything take over, you know? Yeah. And he was, he was a good old boy from, you know, small town, Texas and stuff. So like you can imagine, you know what I mean? Whenever you buck up to one of those guys, they're going to buck up right back and tell you to walk outside and let's handle this. You know what I mean? I, I love handling shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I would love to do it that way too, but you know, the lawsuits would pile up. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the chances of me losing a fight are a lot a lot smaller than the chances of me losing a lawsuit. So I probably wouldn't mess with that. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, a lot of a lot of what to do and what not to do. Um, the, the the cool thing about him was, and the, the reason that I I thanked him is he he was a big part of uh, my faith at an early age. He kept mm-hmm. bringing me into his office and sitting me down and walking through the Bible with me, and you know having those conversations that you know only men like him are not afraid to have. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, that would be in in order to get to that level as a leader, though, like Mm -hmm. you and I sit and talking about it now, we Mm -hmm. you probably respect him a lot more now looking back than you did then while he was doing it, because in order to get to that level as a leader, when a man sits me down like that, the first thing I realize is, damn, this guy's been through some shit. You Mm -hmm. know, he's got some experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And now that you're a little bit older, do you find yourself doing that with your employees? 
Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, if I'm not doing that and I'm not connecting with them, you know, and, it, and it's tough for me right now because I, I'm, I'm in my San Antonio office. Mm-hmm. You know, most of our guys are in Corpus Christi. That's where our main office is at. Right. And, um, you know, we got some guys in Houston, we got a few guys in San Antonio, but I'm, you know, we have these zoom meetings every day and I, you know, there's that disconnect. It's not, you know, the in-person yeah. stuff. So I make a point to go down to Corpus once a month and connect with those people or bring them up here and do a training. You know what right. I'm saying? In, in this world where everybody's like, Oh, I can work from home. You know what I mean? It's the genuine connection in person that I find the most progress is made, you know? Yeah. And, and then, yeah, and sure. that's, that, that's a big culture piece, you know? And so our, our mission statement as a company, all three divisions is uh, we help each other achieve freedom. You oh, know? I like and that. I can, I can. Uh, I'm writing that down. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> we help I each mean, other achieve freedom. I like yeah. that. You're, well, you'll you know, write that down too if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, you know where that comes from is, uh, and I've talked about this on a few other podcasts, but where that comes from is Sean's, Sean Williams' free man speech. And he did it at MDM last year. You know, I, we I got was MDM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, we got MDM coming up this year. And I, I just, I love that concept of, you know, not owning anybody anything, you know what I mean? Except what makes financially set, fin- right, financial right. feasibility, which is like a car payment and a house payment. You know, I'm not going to take that money out of the market and put it into something that's not going to attribute faster than my investments, right? Mm-hmm. So I understand that piece of it, but also like not owning anybody anything in terms of, you know, favors or, you know, obviously debt. But then also having complete control of your schedule, complete control of your finances, complete control of your faith and, and complete control of the cups that you pour into, you know? Yeah. And uh, so many of the people that come to work for me, especially at an entry level, they don't have control of any of that. And they're always reactive versus, you know, proactive and they don't get to architect their life, you know? Yeah, but they haven't so, learned it yet. It, I mean, it's not. Yeah. They, and so God. if we if we can be anything because of the sales community and the way that it is mm-hmm. and so many people like get worse in the sales community, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, we want to yeah. be, we want to be a, basically a, a, a filtering process to bring the best out in people so they can achieve freedom. You know, I, I, I always say like, if we're a stepping stone for you, I'm a hundred percent okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you, if you yeah. come through our business, you learn these things, you learn how to achieve freedom, you invest in crypto, you invest in Airbnbs or real estate. Mm-hmm. And, um, you start managing your money with like 21 rules of money, all the things yeah. that we teach within our company and you start doing really well. And then you got 50 grand to start your, I don't know, coffee business or yeah, whatever the case that's, is. That's our job, mate. You yeah. Know, that's our job. I mean, it pains me. It pains mm-hmm. me when people leave my company. But, you know, then you got a guy that's been with you for two years, lands his dream job in an animation studio in a different yeah. state. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to enrich these people. And, and mm-hmm. yes, I would love for them to stay with me forever. But you but... know what that does? That, that is a story that you can tell mm-hmm. when you need to recruit the next one. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So for me, yeah. if somebody does that, then in my opportunity meeting, let's get tactical here. In my opportunity meeting, I'm going to have a picture of that person and I'm going to tell their story in my opportunity meeting. So in, in like for solar, we do opportunity meetings because it's door to door. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We're not going to waste our time sitting down with every person and telling them. Do, do an interview. What, yeah. Yeah. So we do a, you know, we have multiple people. Yeah, I've, I've sold door to door. This is where they're like yeah. 30 people come. They answer the yeah. news, They answer the newspaper ad. They all sit there and then like, 
people right. just they start self-eliminating right i mean we we cap it at five you oh, know right. we, we try to make it a little more intimate <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. we don't throw a bunch of people in a room but yeah so we kind of cap it at five but anyways i'm gonna I'm tell their story and i'm gonna yeah. say hey look again we may be a stepping stone or you may be the next wayne skinner or you know darianne or josie which are some of our top solar yeah. sales women um and and you may go on to do great things at this at this company within one of our divisions you may be a consultant someday mm-hmm. you know what i mean and we may pay you 50 grand to go handle a consulting job that we just brought in you know but you can this can also be a stepping stone and both situations are a recruiting opportunity for us we can recruit five more people because they heard that story yeah. and they know that the company they're going to work at is going to be a a sounding board for them or a a uh stepping stone you know what i'm saying yeah i, mean, I or feel something like they can a, develop it i feel a responsibility to all my employees to to develop them into the best possible versions of themselves i can and i Absolutely. i hope that they stay but i know that that some of them are going to go off and start their own businesses mm-hmm. after watching me do it so yeah um for somebody just starting out that's wanting to get into sales mm-hmm. um what would you say like the most important personality trait that you look for in a sales guy is you gotta be teachable you know um <laughs> yeah try crossing that up with young young guys and yeah see, see, with the chips on their shoulders <laughs> you know though they when they're young they are a little more teachable it's it's like around 27 or 28 when they think they have the world figured out that i have a uh, hard time training them you know what i'm was, saying that was the age I was going for. My bad. I was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, our our demographic that we hire for is around twenty two, twenty three. Okay. You know, we don't we don't say, hey, you need to be twenty two or twenty three, but it just happens that way. You know. Yeah. And so we kind of cater to that demographic because then they're again they're early enough to where they haven't learned all the bad habits yet, mm-hmm. but they're old enough to where they've had a few jobs, they flipped a few burgers, they've yeah. you know cut a few lawns they've done the hard labor and stuff and they're like i'm not for that you know yeah yeah we've all mowed a few yards mate yeah exactly <laughs> so I, I i would say that if you're man if you can walk and chew gum i, I could teach you how to make 50 grand a year if you can walk and chew gum and you're teachable and you want to lead someday you can make 100 grand a year in my company mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and so it it, it doesn't take much, you know, and, you know, the other things that you can't teach, and these are the old adages and stuff like that, but work ethic. Yeah. Here's the bottom line. As a salesperson, you are going to get better from two things. One, development, which is mm-hmm. the resources that your company provides you, that you train on. And then the, the other thing is repetitions. If you aren't making, you know, if you aren't doing 70 to 80 cold touch, like if your position is cold calls, whether yeah. it's on the phone, whether it's um, B2B or door-to-door, if you aren't making 70 to 80 touches a day, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to develop that fast. You know what I mean? Well, you're going to develop a lot slower than someone that is, you know? The biggest eye-opener for me, being in sales, um, mm-hmm. and, and I learned this the hard way in real estate sales, um, mm-hmm. the more conversations you have, the more closings you'll, you'll get to. And that is the, it's the simplest equation in the world. Mm-hmm. And yet so many salespeople struggle with the cold touch and with mm-hmm. initially reaching out. Is there anything that you guys do differently to help your sales guys get over that initial uh, fear of reaching out and, and actually hit their goals? So we'll, we'll do action-based competitions, mm-hmm. you know, and then we'll do things like 
especially in door to door. So it gets real cheesy in door to door because it's like, man, you literally doing the thing most people will never touch. 95% yeah. of people will never knock on a door. Right. And so we'll do things like scavenger hunts and we'll have guys looking for garden gnomes. So if you get a picture with a garden gnome, <laughs> plus you get one sale, plus you get one credit fail or something like that, then yeah. you get a hundred dollar bonus that day. Oh, you know nice. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah so yeah. we'll, we'll do action-based uh, incentives and, and stuff like that. And then, I mean, honestly, that that's our culture. Like if you're putting in the work, we are going to pour into you day after day, whether it be an assistant manager level or me, you know, calling them individually and saying, Hey, I see what you're doing. I see you, you know, I know you're working hard and you're developing and you're getting in the reps. And so you're, you're going to be killing them, you know? And, and to that point, it sometimes, sometimes in sales training or like when I'm consulting for these other companies, it's not about the repetitions they're putting in the repetitions. Mm -hmm. They're just not qualifying properly. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they're going straight from intro to presentation to close. Right. And when you don't qualify, you're, you're extending the period of that presentation. Cause guess what happens when you're presenting, you're not touching on their dominant buying motives. So they're going to come up with, objections based on their dominant buying motives and you're going to have to overcome those objections mm. and then all of a sudden your 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 uh call lasts an hour versus 30 minutes if you just asked them what they wanted first okay so <laughs> now you've taken the lid off of this um uh -huh. now let's let's go into this a little, uh, a little bit because you know i'm i'm familiar with uh with with how a lot of the sales process works but i know the mm -hmm. audience the audience might not be and yeah. some of the th some of the things you touched on there were uh, were pretty uh, were pretty deep um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but no especially about you know like just rushing the whole thing and yeah um sales for me has always been about problem solving and being able to extract that problem from the customer and show them a yes. path, show them a path to the solution but mm -hmm. um if you would just get, go into it for the audience a little bit on on how you structure the uh from this point hello yeah. what are you on my doorstep for tell me yeah. tell me a little bit about how that process works well no matter what the product is or who the client is at, at the end of the day you're going to have an intro a qualify a presentation and a close mm -hmm. okay if you skip any of those steps and you don't if you don't do them in the right order which is one intro two qualify three presentation and four close you're going to lose the customer somewhere you know what i'm saying yeah or you're going to make your job that much harder right <laughs> and and okay so the intro is all about no like and trust right you know whether this is uh, a six point touch or a door just, knock it's got to be so hard to overcome on a door knock for no like and trust does does like no. a, a uniform come into play or like yeah tell no, me, how do you get around all. that yeah teach me a like, lot of a lot of guys don't aren't even wearing our logos you know what i'm <laughs> saying just because they don't do laundry enough but anyways <laughs> i just so, i just that that's my qualifier i just found out i'm now qualified <laughs> to sell solar <laughs> yeah exactly what do you think i just so, wear black t-shirts all the time <laughs> any an easy way to create no like and trust is what i like to call warm with form so it's uh, family, occupation, recreation, and materials, right? Yeah. So uh, one of the things people love talking about and that you might bring up is their family. So, yep. you know what I mean? Uh, oh, yeah, I have, uh, you know, if, if we're talking about AT&T and we're talking about internet speed, you mm -hmm. know, my son, if that internet goes out when he's playing his game, he loses it. Do you have kids? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Do you yeah. have a son that has that issue too? Yeah. So now you're talking about family. And so you really hone into that, right? And so this is before you even qualify them. 
but what what you're doing also is you're setting up your qualification. No, you know no, what I'm saying? Before, so, you, before you go there, go back over form mm -hmm. form real quick. Right. Um, so it's family, what was it, opportunity? No, uh, 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 occupation. Sorry. Occupation. I've got so this these, in these my are, notes from years yeah, ago, but, but, yeah. but go back over These are it. all subjects, these are all subjects that you bring up to create small talk. Right? Yes, yes. Small talk loosens the customer up, you know what I mean? You get to joke around, you get to talk about issues that everybody has, mm -hmm. you know? And they center around family, occupation, you know? Oh, I saw the oil field sticker on the back of your truck. Yep. Like you, you work in the oil field, you're gone for days at a time or whatever the case. Yeah, mm -hmm. that sucks, man. You know, and you sympathize with them, right? Yeah. And then recreation. Oh, I saw you have some jet skis on the side of the house. Mm -hmm. Did, tell me about your last trip. How was that? <laughs> you know? And so they're getting to tell you about themselves. And, you know, we all know, uh, well, a lot of us know Dale Carnegie. And yes. uh, he wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And when you let people talk about themselves, and then you also help them get what they want naturally and happens whether you call it the universe or it's them returning the favor you get what yep. you want right yep. write that down guys write that down absolutely yeah and, and it, it is the bible for entrepreneurism sales all that good stuff uh, how to win friends and influence people one of my favorite books mm -hmm. yes and so and then and then of course uh materials you know what i mean oh those are really nice wheels on your car you know what i mean if you see that they spend money on something and it's it's really money but people yeah. get caught up in the money and they have a negative connotation with it. So I, I, I say materials. And so, you know, they have a really nice lawn, you mm -hmm. compliment their lawn. And then all of a sudden they're talking to you for five minutes about their lawn. You know they're passionate I mean? about it. Yeah. yeah. They're passionate about it. And, and so now you've listened to them up. Now it's a conversational tone and instead of a, a sales presentation, you know what I mean? And now you can go into qualify mm -hmm. and you yeah. can, you can start asking them questions that will bring out their problems. Like you said, you want to not create the problems, but you want to highlight the problems. Yes, you know so. what I mean? Yeah. So like if their internet goes out, you know, every couple of days and they have to reset the modem, that's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. But you bring it up in such a way that it's conversational. So, Hey, Mr. Jones down the street was telling me that he's got to reset his grande internet all the time. Do you have the same problem here? Yeah. It seems to be a problem going on in the neighborhood, you know? <laughs> so now we're creating the Jones effect, you yeah. know? And so they're like, yeah, I do have that problem. Okay, great. Just making sure. And then he also said that they raised your bill, uh, 40 bucks last month. Mm -hmm. Uh, did you have that issue too? Yeah. yeah. They raised my prices about six months ago, you know? And so now I've created two problems. And, and you know you've, I mean? you've, you've anchored those problems in trust because you're mm -hmm. referencing his neighbor the whole time. You're, right, not, exactly. you're not saying I heard this. You're saying this guy told me and, and I know your neighbor, you know, so that, yeah. that reinforces the trust there. Dude. This is mm -hmm. great. So now I've created, you know, at, at the end of the qualify, I've created three to five dominant buying motives is what I like to call them. And uh, so when I put together my presentation, I'm not just throwing up everything that's great about my product. I'm throwing up things that are great that solve their problems yes. each step yes. of the way. And so what's happening, I, I like to call it the uh, height of emotion, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you intro and they're interested in you. you. They know, like, and trust you now. And then you're going into the qualify. Now you're creating problems for them. Their emotion is still going up. Their, their, their heart rate is still raising, right? And then, and then you start solving their problems. Now they're even more excited. Right <laughs> now they're elated that you're going to be solving their problems. And then that's when you close at the height of impulse is what yes. I like to call it. And so you solve all their problems and then you give them, 
you give them, okay, this is the next step. All right, we need to get, uh, let me get your first and last name. You know, do you prefer Friday or Saturday for install? Mm-hmm. I never give, it, give them an open-ended close. It's always a two option close. Yeah. You know, and that way they can pick from the options either way. I give so, the yes. Give me give me a bad example uh, just for a second. What would you what would an open ended close sound like, guys? If you're closing like this, it's a mistake. So, um, all right. So, how does that sound to you? <laughs> that is the worst closing line ever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and 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 people get that confused with indifference. You know what I mean? Indifference is hey, no big deal. We can be out here on Friday or Saturday. Whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't think I really want to install Friday, Saturday. Hey, no big deal. I've got Mr. Jones down the street. He's probably going to uh, install one of those days. So we'll take care of him then. And we can take care of you on Monday or Tuesday. How's that work? You know? Right. And so um, either way, you're giving them a, a two option close. I like that. All right. So no, not open-ended. no open-ended closes, guys. Pay attention. Yeah. Um, like Doug really knows his, uh, he really knows his shit. So uh Man, tell me something else critical about building a great sales team. What do your fundamentals look like? So it's got to be the same for everybody from the Mm -hmm. time. Okay, think about SOPs in any business, right? You want the same experience for every customer up into a certain point, right? Until they actually pick their product. Right. Um, So when you're building a sales team, you need to look at your salespeople as the client. Right. Yeah. And so I've had to do that for so many years because really the salespeople are my client. They're, they're signing on with me so that they can have this platform and this product to sell. Yes. And, um, that the, the actual client, which is AT&T, the solar company, the consulting company will pay us and then we'll distribute the funds appropriately. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so your systems are so incredibly important in that process. Let right? me, let me so, back up. Let me back up just a second. Mm-hmm. You notice, guys, he said that the, his, his employees, his salespeople, were his clients. So it's, mm-hmm. it's Doug's job as a leader to serve his team as mm-hmm. though he's there to develop them uh, as clients, guys. Just mm-hmm. just pay, pay attention to this, dude, because he really knows what he's talking about. I'm sorry to keep interrupting. I just want people no, you're to, good. I want him to underline this shit and take notes on it because it's, it's so yeah. true what you're saying. So the way that I do that is, you know, one, I, I have my systems, right? So I have my systems and then I have Kodak and Kodak is an easy way for me to explain how I structure sales teams. So mm-hmm. the system is everything from the time that I put an ad out for a salesperson to them eventually becoming a partner in the company. If that's where you want them to go, right? It is all systemized and tracked and every metric isn't in place throughout that process. So I know, okay, if I spend five grand on a recruiting budget, I'll get, you know, 30 possible salespeople. Mm-hmm. And if those 30 salespeople, uh, you know, out of 30, 15 of them will show up to my office. And out of those 15, you know, I'll, I'll give the presentation to 15 of them. And then five of them will actually schedule for an orientation, mm-hmm. right? Which is my product training, my initial sales training, right? Right, right. And then of those, uh, five that's scheduled for an orientation maybe three of them will show up and then i'll actually do the orientation and then they'll go out in the field the first day that's crazy that's you got to talk to so many people just to get three to show up at work absolutely well i mean and this is coming from one of the hardest sales positions to hire for 
So imagine right, what I right, can do yeah. at companies, you know, companies like uh, one of them that I'm consulting for does car wraps and his salesperson, mm -hmm. he doesn't have a salesperson yet. Right. right. So, so I could, I could develop a sales program for somebody that could sell uh, car wraps to fleets, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is a lot more exciting than internet door to door. You know what I mean? <laughs> so going back to this, yeah. because yeah, I yeah, sharpened yeah. my skills in door to door and commission only, mm -hmm. and there was no base salary, there was no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I had to, I had to pitch these guys on the opportunity. It's so much easier to pitch them on an opportunity that has like base salary and health insurance and you yeah, know, I mean? like, the truth. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so they go out to the fields. And what I know about sales in general is once they go out to the field, you know, in order for them to do what is your base level of production, like in my business, it's five sales. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to lose about 80% of them through those five sales. Really? Yeah. How does that work? So that they 80% of your guys don't, don't hit a five don't make sale it to the fifth sale. Wow, that's like yeah. that's almost like a real estate kind of washout level because you got 87 87% yeah. go. washout in that first year. They think, dude, I, <laughs> I it all too, matches up. I'm telling you, I don't want to get you too off topic, man. I, yeah, one of my buddies last night, he uh, we were at the cigar lounge and he put on the mm -hmm. uh, the South Park episode where they decide to become real estate agents. And, oh uh, man, god, it was it was so funny, it was true. Um, but yeah, I. I, you just shocked me though the fact that you've got to you got to talk to ever so many people and mm -hmm. in, interview a minimum of 15 of them and mm -hmm. when you split 80 20 you, you start with five guys that means one guy yeah. out of all that effort is going to make it through the first five sales what do you think is so hard about those first five sales that causes the uh, the 80 percent of guys to quit well they, they get a good look at the scope of the position you know what i mean yeah and in in my case it was it was door to door so honestly you know for all the people that i've been consulting for it it is not that bad you know what i mean <laughs> it's a lot different because by the time you hire them you have the sales program in place and everything and uh they typically have a base right yeah. that's just commission sales mm -hmm. if you want to hire commission sales people that's what you should expect and that's real estate that's door to door that's a lot of the uh, sales teams that um are developed in commission sales, you know? So that, although it is a staggering number, that's not the case for some other companies and businesses, you know? Yeah, yeah. What, but what anyway, you... so you take them through that process and you track every metric along the way and then you tweak as you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that, so that you can get that number to go up to 30% and 40% and yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. Now, now, honestly, if we hire a solar salesperson there are an appointment center for solar. They're probably going to be with us around six months before they turn over. You know what I mean? Wow. It's completely different now because we we're structured differently. Yeah. We're W2, we're, we're base pay and, um, we have an insane culture now, you know what I'm saying? But I've also been on the other end of that spectrum. So, <laughs> but so that's the other piece of it, right? Kodak is, is the yeah. easiest way. So when I would go into offices to kind of gauge the office, so I had 13 offices at one point okay. that all sold AT&T, security, uh, solar, right? So when I would walk into the office, I would have an auditing process. And I didn't know it at the time, but the easiest way to explain it was Kodak. So it's it's compensation, right, is the, is the front level. Is our compensation displayed properly? Yeah. And uh, is and, it easy? And easy to understand. Easy to, under, yeah. Easy to understand. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if your salesperson can't do, if they can't get on a sales call and they can't con 
calculate the commission while they're talking to the customer, which is not appropriate. I understand, but my <laughs> but point is the, simplicity, <laughs> the simplicity of the commission when they're talking to the customer, then your comp plan is too complicated and you may, need to make it easier, right? Yes, yes. Um, and then uh, opportunity. Uh-huh. All right, nobody goes into a company and says, hey, I w- the position I'm being hired for, I want to stay at for the rest of my life. No, sir. You know what I mean? So there, and, and there's different levels to opportunity. It doesn't have to be a positional opportunity structure. It could be a, okay, I'm coming in and I'm selling media packages, right? Mm-hmm. And the first media package I'm selling is a TV commercial. You know what I mean? And right. then by the end of it, I'm selling a media package that's a full scale, you know, $300,000 marketing campaign mm-hmm. with, with video, social media, podcasting, a written book, whatever the case is, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so their opportunity structure, maybe I can start this way, but then I'm going to end up selling these high-end products. So I deal with five customers a week instead of 50. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that, that's the plan around what, what we're doing. I mean, we're, we're mm-hmm. looking to, to sell higher and higher end products to fewer and fewer and fewer clients. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and my guys can see that they can see they have to start out selling the two to $3,000 packages, but right. they can move up to the twenty to thirty thousand dollar packages once they have the experience, and so there's a, there's an opportunity there for them that's mapped out that shows them mm-hmm. hey, you come in and start here, you can progress to there. Yeah, and I think that's important for for them to be able to see because if if all they thought they were going to be doing for the rest of their career was selling two thousand dollar video packages, they get pretty they tired turn pretty out quick. Mm-hmm. they turn out yeah, and, that, and that's the thing like that's why we do things like team nights. Yeah, but then I, have to, to, then I have to hang out with my employees. Yeah, well, I I set it up, and I go for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, show face, mm. and then I go home because... I, actually, we did one... Uh, I don't want to have to manage that. <laughs> we, we, we did one. We did one. Uh, we did our first one. Um, we, we merged it with a, the business owners group, and we did a, a, a night out. We did our... our nice. Uh, our first one this last month, and uh, about yeah. 30, pe- 30 people showed up, and it was... Uh, uh, it was good. I stayed for about uh, just a little bit longer than fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pro tip. Pro yeah. tip: don't don't pay for alcohol. Pay for everything no, else. Don't no, pay no. for alcohol. I, I paid for the I paid for the pool tables and stuff, but no, nice. not not the alcohol. for that. So so back to uh, back to Kodok. Uh, yeah. Yes. So the next piece is development, right? Mm-hmm. And so you need to be developing your people on their uh, their craft right? Mm-hmm. Which is sales and salesmanship. Um, but you also need to be developing them as humans. Yes. Right? We, and that, that ties into the opportunity part of it which as well. We, we hear this stuff until we're blue in the face in our mastermind circles, but you know, our employees and our salespeople and our friends are not in those circles. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we teach them stuff like auditing your circle, like yeah. uh, putting, putting yourself first. And stop taking that call from that family member that's got drama in the middle of the day and now you're down 10 touches you know God, um, yeah, yes you know we teach them stuff like you know how to manage your money and taxes and you know what i mean like all these things that we're learning at a high level that but we we take to, it for granted like, yeah 100 I, I was just complaining about this today um, you know, I implemented a reading a reading time on the business schedule for everybody at work, mm-hmm. and uh, it just kind of fell by the wayside. And I probably yeah. handled it incorrectly when I asked, "What's the last fucking book you'll read?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but but we see this like we see the personal development side of things. We see the value of the education, and it's, maybe how do you translate that to these guys? <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to keep this stuff up, but. One of the things that we did in that Wayne spearheaded was a book club. Yes. And so yeah, he yeah. had a he had an extra call 
I think it was one time every two weeks, nothing crazy, mm -hmm. like 30 minutes. And they would read a book or whatever, and they do one book a quarter, nothing crazy. And then everybody would literally read it right before the call. They'd yeah. catch up on the chapters mm -hmm. and then they would jump on the call. But we had, you know, we probably at the time we had like 40 guys and about 10 would show up on the call. You I know like what I'm that. saying yeah, it was like optional. That. You know what I mean? But it also shows you like who is interested in developing themselves. You yeah. Know? It gives yeah. you kind of a clear picture on that. So that's development and then uh, operations. So I'm real big on operations. Like if anything, I would say I'm an integrator. I want to make sure that everything is flowing properly. So yeah. when my guys do go out and kill it, they are confident that their product is going to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. You know, what's, what's the point of writing all these huge numbers, which happens all the time in solar. Yeah. These people go out and they write all these huge numbers and everything. And then their EPC can't fulfill the product, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? And yeah. so I, I'm not a big, like, I don't like people that grandstand, you know what I mean? That take uh, their, their product sales numbers and say, I made a million dollars today. You know what I mean? No, you sold a million dollar product that you only, your piece of that pie is only 200 grand. And then when it's all said and done, you net 20, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you made 20 grand today. Mm -hmm. Say that, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it happens all the time. And hey, that, especially that, in our circles. That's yeah. a pretty good Tuesday, man. You know, I'm not going to tell that down. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So yeah. there's the operations. You got to be able to make sure you can fulfill the product that your people are selling. And then also like if they have an opportunity in leadership, Mm -hmm. right which is in in the opportunity piece of that then you have to be able to show them that you can bring them people for them to lead you know what i mean so your recruiting better be on point mm -hmm. you know Dude. especially if you have a large sales team that turns over a little bit you need to you need to have your operations on point to bring in those new people that they're able to train. Dude, running businesses is hard, dude. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of moving parts. There is, there is. And I've I've been lucky I haven't had to deal with the fulfillment side. You know what I mean? You're yeah. in fulfillment. You know what I mean? You're delivering the actual product. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm I'm trying to get out of that, but you know, they keep dragging me back in. <laughs> yeah. So that's why this is my niche, right? Because all I've been dealing with is sales and managing sales teams. But so culture is the last piece and culture is huge. You know, you, you want to, uh, your core values have to be at the forefront of your culture. So before every call that we do, we have a solar call, we have an MDU call, and then we have a company wide call. Mm -hmm. And every call starts with what is our mission statement? We help each other achieve freedom. What are our core values? You know, and then we call on different people to recite the core values. Now, and then we start our, we start our call that way. I did not really understand how core values were so important and that mm -hmm. how it how they really should permeate every aspect of your business until i uh, i met thomas keenan and read his book oh, yeah. and, and started to learn um how would you say implementing core values has changed your business and how important are they to somebody that's just starting out and getting their their, their foot in the door as an entrepreneur so wayne wayne and i had a conversation a while back and so we started implementing core values, I would say about uh, over a year ago, mm -hmm. right? About the and same we, for me, about the same for yeah, me. Yeah, and when we implemented them, they were just something that we threw together and put up, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it looked pretty, <laughs> right? Uh, and then about four months in, you know, the business, the business wasn't doing well. We were having a hard time. We were debating starting the solar brand or not, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I had a separation with my operational partner at the time and uh, I was like, I need, I need to redo these core values because I'm, I'm not living them. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And so they'll catch we, you out if you don't. Yeah. Because then you're. A and then I was looking at them and I was like, this isn't really me. 
you know, and, and yeah. that, that's a big deal. Like, yes, you can be influenced by core values, but make sure that it's it's how you're living right now, not how you want to live 10 years from now. Yeah, you know don't, pick, don't pick something that sounds nice. Pick something yeah. that is real. Represents you. Yes. You know? and, yeah. and so one of the things we always said was we put the company first, mm-hmm. right? And so Wayne and I always felt like that was incredibly important because if the it's the oxygen mask theory. You know what I yes. mean? If you don't, if the company doesn't have its oxygen mask on first, which is, you know, gross profit, then mm-hmm. nobody's getting paid. You Correct. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if we're doing things that are a detriment to the company, then we're not aligned with our core values. So the way that we interpreted that though, was we had the mission statement, we help each other achieve freedom. And then so our first core value is we put the mission first which is helping each other achieve freedom, right? Yeah. The second one is near and dear to my heart because one of the things that I, I hated about door-to-door sales was the stigma that came with it that it was, a, you know, fly-by-night companies, you didn't get paid your check on time or yeah. you didn't get it at all when you quit, mm-hmm. you know? And so I always made sure I, I paid everybody because, you know, we, we work in reserves because yeah. clients churn. And so when they churn out, you got to charge the salesperson back because nobody's getting paid. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so uh, we would take a percentage of their commission and put it aside for those mm-hmm. churn yeah. customers. Yeah. And then we would hold the churn for six months because that's how long that customer could cancel and then we get charged back the commission. Yep. And so it was commonplace for that six months to, to be up at other companies and then they would never cut you a check and never send it to you. They would just hold, keep it. <laughs> you know, that happens with banks too and credit card processors because you know yeah. I, I was in high risk processing for quite a while. And mm-hmm. they, they would hold a, a 10 to 20% rolling reserve. And if you didn't email them every month and ask them to release the funds, mm-hmm. they wouldn't. they just leave it there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, people running off with reserves, is a, it's, a, it's a far more common problem than, than anybody lets on. Yeah, I've sent out way too many $1.70 checks and, you know, what was left over. I've sent them out. Sent out every it. dollar. So uh, we That's operate integrity, with integrity. Man. Integrity, yeah. there you go. Yeah, we operate with integrity. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got this one from obviously Ryan Stewing with Apex. We don't make excuses, you know. Mm. Excuses are plentiful in sales. And when yeah, exactly. Your tattoo. <laughs> FYE. That's what it's, that's fuck what your it's excuses. there for. It's to Because yeah. excuses are so easy. Sales. They're so easy yeah. to make, you know. Yeah. And so uh Wayne Wayne and I have a strong uh Christian faith, you know, so we work hard, we pray hard. You know, so it's a play on we work hard, yeah. we play hard. And, uh, you know, the play hard just kind of fell by the wayside, you know, and because of the stigma that it has with it, which is drinking and partying, and you know, drugs and, you know, fancy watches and fancy cars, you know, I, I like we, a fancy watch and a fancy car, but I like to be, yeah, in bed. I, I like to be in bed by like 10 <laughs> o'clock, you know, if, if I'm, yeah, if I'm out past me. 10, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't uh, play hard at all. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then the last one, which is probably the most important is we live in gratitude. So every morning in our sales chat, every morning, and it's optional, it's not something that we manage, you know what I mean? Which like all development should be, it should be come from within, right? So every morning we post in our sales chat, um, what we're grateful for. I love that. And, and, you know, we've got about 30 people in the company right now. And I would say about 10 to 12 posts every morning. You know I mean, you can count on amazing. It. That's amazing. Yeah. But the me and Wayne don't miss that post. You yeah, know, we we're, we're trying to lead by example in that aspect. So that's one of the ways that we develop cultures. We base it on our, our core values and our mission statement. And then, uh, 
you know, another way is, uh, so we have what we call freedom training. So that's going back to the the development a little bit, but Mm -hmm. once a week we will do a call on freedom training and it'll be like, you know, we're, we're working with the guys over at easier County. Right. Right. And we're, we want to put together a training video on, you know, 1099 taxes and W2 taxes, how they should be structured and, uh, train our guys on those. Right. Mm -hmm. And then another one I want to get with, uh, either Brandon or Dan Constantino and, you know, just a general house flip, how to do yeah. a house flip, you Don't. know what I'm saying? How to, how to do an Airbnb, right? He's already got the training out there, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, and so it's teaching them things that they can have, you know, side hustles that don't take their time. You know, yeah. these are things, these are quick, you know, 10 to 15 hours total. And then now they have a, an, an extra uh, stream of revenue. You know what but I mean? That's a part of your that's a part of your job as a leader. Like I feel like we should all be doing that for all of our employees. Like helping Absolutely. them to, to become leaders themselves because then they can they can step up under us and lead other people for us. Yeah. You know? And then that's exactly what happens. And then again, going back to that recruiting tool, mm-hmm. you know, so, somebody retires from our company after working with us for ten years because they've been listening to us and putting away their money and investing. Mm-hmm. And now they can live on their investments. That would be the most amazing yeah. freaking testimonial you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah, yeah i would market the shit i'd have a funnel for that yeah i mean you got to you got to my man dude, so I, that's it that, that's that's code on you know and, and then culture's at the end of it so if i go into an office and all those things are on point we're in good shape typically on the consulting side i'll go into companies and i'll see deficiencies in certain areas and stuff and then i'll mm-hmm. kind of attack those man yeah i, I love it um before we run out of time, I want to keep this interview going a little bit longer. Um, as you go into companies as a consultant, what, what area do you see a common thread in, in kind of like in being the most efficient area? That's a tough one because it's been it's been pretty diverse. Like no CRM, no marketing. I would say a script. Oh, they don't have scripts. Which is just nuts that's, to me. That's crazy. Yeah, like, but it's because okay, I mean, it's twofold. It's scripts and a train the trainer. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's you know obviously at an entry level, you need to be able to train your salespeople on on yes, you're gonna have a trainer next to them showing them how to do it. Yeah, but eventually that person has to move on and keep selling, right? So they're left by themselves, and they're supposed to remember everything that the structure yeah. and how that thing is supposed to work. So the idea of a script is just to keep your trainer on point and mm-hmm. what they're teaching. And then they can hand that to the salesperson. And I always say, you know, in, in our business, if you can walk and chew gum, I can teach you how to make a thousand dollars a week. All you yeah. gotta do is read, read the script. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, Stick to the script. That, that shocks me that, that, that people don't have that. I mean, it no. just is, well, well, people would, one of the things that I learn that's, that sticks out is people say people say they rise to the occasion uh, mm-hmm. when they're under pressure, and they don't. You sink to the level of your training. And yes. One of the most pressured situations is cold calling and people asking you questions on the spot. And if yeah. you're trained and if you've got the right script, you sink to the level of the training. But if the training's up here, then mm-hmm. you're great. There's there's no occasion to rise to. And too many people think they can wing it. <laughs> I, I just yeah, and then. I don't the, understand. the next the next piece of that is what are your 
when you bring somebody new into the company, you obviously mm -hmm. have like the best salesperson train them, right. which we can do a whole podcast about how that's typically the worst person to train. I was going to say, like. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so they, they say, Hey, shadow, shadow salesperson, you know, shadow this person. They're the best in the company, shadow them and you'll learn everything. Yeah. You know? But they, they've been doing it for so long. Mm -hmm. They, they don't they, know how they, to teach the nuances, yeah, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And so, <laughs> you know, we've got a pretty simple structure. There's a script, there's overcoming objections, there's mm -hmm. the scope of work, you know what I mean? And those three things can typically teach them at an entry level what they need to be doing. And then there's product knowledge, which you need to keep sweet and simple because if you give them too much product knowledge in the beginning, they're going to overanalyze the pitch and it's going to be yeah. a mess, you know? Yeah. They just need to tie it to the customer's dominant buying motive. But this, anyways, this, those things aren't structured in most companies. It's all stuff you know I'm, I'm laughing at because you, you're telling me stuff that I've seen in real life mm -hmm. over and over at different places that I've been at too. Yeah. Um, it was really quite funny. Um, man, I feel like I could interview you for like another two hours, dude. We might have to do a part two on this uh, in a couple of months. Yeah, months. that sounds good. I'm down. Um, but before we get out of here, man, I got a couple more questions I want to ask sure. you. Um, I want to touch on some books here. Okay. Um, I know we uh, we touched on Thomas's book a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. um, but uh, give us one or two good books that you've read recently that we could uh, that we could recommend to the listeners that they could go pick up. So the Ultimate Networking Machine by uh, Cale Goodman. Um, he just came out. With he that just book wrote a couple that months ago. He yeah, just, he put just that wrote out, that. I I have not read it. Um, I did. Uh, I do the Amazon thing on most people's books, but I don't yeah. actually have a Kindle. I just go buy them and like, so I, I need to actually yeah. buy that one. So what I actually, yeah, I don't do the, I mean, I should do the Kindle to help them out, but I, I typically buy five to 10 copies. I keep one for myself and then I put the rest in the bookshelf in the office. That's another part of our culture. So people can take them like a yeah, little library. Take I should, you know what? I should yeah. start doing that. I've got, there's plenty of people around here. If I could encourage them to read, then I would. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so there, there's uh, that one. And then, one that I'm really into right now, and I'm only about halfway through, is Will by Will Smith. Oh, I haven't read that. I've heard some really good and things about that one. I've done three, honestly, three talks with my company just from the stories in that book. Okay. And, and that's the cool thing. It's like everybody, everybody thinks they need to be this amazing leader and motivational speaker and like rally the troops. But all you got to do is take somebody else's story. Mm-hmm get a lesson out of it and then teach that lesson. You know what I'm saying? And you're not even teaching it. They're teaching it for you with their story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Dude, that's it, 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 that's kind of what we do on social media a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we do. Um, mm -hmm. But that's it, kind of my little, uh, little podcast guest hack there. I always ask for good books and I'm going to go pick up both of these and read them myself. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, who was it that told me, uh, I think it was Thomas Keene. We keep referring back to him, but he, I, I did uh, his podcast and um, he was like, that's the coolest thing about having a podcast is you get free consulting. Oh yeah. You know, I haven't <laughs> took a page of notes right here. Look at that. Look at that page of notes. Yeah. I it's mean, it's it, very true. I, I just, I just interviewed uh, Kale and Trevor with, mm -hmm. you know, real business owners and easier accounting and yeah. dude, they dropped some bombs on, on that podcast. So I can't wait to get that one out. It's, it's coming out tomorrow. That's that's one of the I, I listen to theirs as well, um, but that's coming out on your show, right? Yeah, that's, that's coming uh, out on building building great sales teams. So if if you don't know, they started out in boiler rooms. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and basically their their sales team over at Easier Accounting uh, is uh, they're sharks, man. 
Oh, know? I bet. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they they have a great team over there, and I I was uh, honored to get to do a sales training for them. Oh wow! And I and I, and I got to do a, a training on uh, selling the way customers want to buy. Mm. So so there's four four uh, personality types: the yes. fighter. Have you heard there's this? A, there's a whole yeah. podcast right there. Go go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Drop it. Go. The fighter, the detective, the entertainer, and the counselor. Mm-hmm. And you sell a certain way. We all have our selling style. Mine's detective. Um, and then we have our buying style, right? And if you if you sell to the way the customer wants to buy, your your close rate can go up 10, 20%. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so I I did that training with them and then I structured it based on their clients and uh and we, and we did, we did a bunch of 1.0 training, you know what I mean? And these guys are, again, they're killers. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They're brilliant salespeople, but this back to the basics type stuff is what they need every now and then to be like, son of a gun. Why haven't I been doing that? You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, I have, so cool. I have, I have watched those guys over the last two years, like, and what they've done with the the company itself with the podcast and everything mm-hmm. else has been, it's just, it's, it's really inspirational. And um, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, an amazing job over there they have a great culture too i i love just hanging out in their office (laughs) i'm waiting till my book is finished before i go up there but i plan on uh i plan on visiting them as soon as that book is dropped but uh it won't be but i i'm actually working on it this week so uh, nice should be be fun is it gonna be small business surgeon or are you telling something different yeah yeah no 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 um you know what? I'll tell you the title after we go off air. But uh, okay, it's, yeah, it's it's one we've been working on for a minute, and I've got nice, yeah, some insider so. information. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but before we do uh, go off air, Doug, because we are running up on uh, on a hard stop here, mate. Uh-huh. Um, do me a favor. Um, I've got two questions that I always ask before I end the show. Um, okay. The first one is obviously this show is aimed at entrepreneurs that might just be a few years behind us in the mm-hmm. uh, in, in the in the business timeline. What's yeah. one What's one lesson that, that if you could go back and talk to talk to yourself from five years ago or maybe ten years ago? What's one lesson that you'd like to uh, impart on Doug from uh, from the past? Pay for your friends and pay for speed. So oh, yes, um, I didn't find my people until I found the apex mastermind mm-hmm. and the real business owner mastermind. Mm-hmm. And I was just all of a sudden surrounded by people that walked, talked and thought like me. And I just had so much to talk about the first event that I went to MD of my brain just hurt at the end of the day. Cause I never used it that much. Isn't it great? You know what I mean? Isn't it's it amazing. Great? Yeah. So getting pay, around, pay for yeah, your pay friends, for, man. Yeah. Getting around those people and inspires me daily. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, my social media feeds amazing. Yeah. And, and, I didn't have to audit my circle anymore because I naturally gravitated towards all the friends in my Apex network. It, it's you know? almost as though it self-regulates after that it because you, you see the amount of value you can give mm-hmm. to people, but like it's not like giving value to people in the pub um, because like when you give value to people in, in, in our network, you, you receive value back in droves. Absolutely. And um, you help them to be better and they help you to be better. And You're right. It costs money to get into rooms like that. But mm-hmm. I think that money is it's the segregation tool. It's to yeah. know that everybody in there is a hard worker and everybody in there fights these battles and everybody mm-hmm. in there is there to help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pay and it's, it. yeah, it's, it's, it's free counseling. It's free, <laughs> free business advice. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause they're, they're going through the same things you have gone through or will go through. That is the saying? only reason this show exists. Like, yeah. It's, it's 100%. because we, we've all been through it. 
We're and and if it. you can't afford the the room just yet, then that's why you listen to shows like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we're bringing what's in those rooms to you. This you is know? for free. Like, yeah, absolutely. You, you learn from this, and then you make a little more money, and then you, you do come to an event. You come to Million Dollar Mastermind in June. And, mm-hmm. um, like, what's it going to be, like, 7,000 seats for this one? Yeah. I'm, I'm bringing 15 of my own people. Wow. We're, spons- we're sponsoring the event. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't know that. But we're, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to bring everybody that'll come. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know. We got, we got seven. So there, there might be, there might be seven or eight of us show up. But, uh, um, how much? So, yeah. And then the other thing is pay for speed. You know, yes. um, I'm not a web, I'm not a web designer. Mm-hmm. I'm not a funnel maker. You know what I mean? I'm not a CRM person. So I paid John Hiley to develop all those things for me. Well, you yeah, know what I mean? Like- um, you I'm not sit a, there and you, you think you're going to save money by by doing it yourself, and that every entrepreneur gets caught up in that trap, mm-hmm. and you're not going to save money. Pay for yeah. speed, shit. That's perfect. Yeah, dude. and then uh, you know, taxes, um, coaching, training, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, pay pay for speed, 100. percent And look, being in these rooms, you walk into the room and everybody's in just good shape and good looking, and uh, you know yeah. what I mean has nice toys and dress as well it's it's gonna inspire you i've never Just, felt i've never felt like yeah. such a fucking loser <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we need sometimes we oh, get in our little circles and yeah. we're a big yeah. fish in a little pond oh, absolutely I, mean, I was yeah. in corpus christi you know what i mean there's three hundred thousand people there same, same so every room station. i was in mm-hmm. i was the highest earner or you know you know and this is not to be egotistical but i was the smartest person in the room you know and i walk into freaking apex in dallas and i'm like <laughs> Man, I'm dumb. <laughs> Immediately, <laughs> yes. you know what I mean. But it's all—it's all. Dude, context. I feel it. I, you're right. Yeah. It is context because there's, it, there's experts in that room that aren't experts of yes. what you do. Yeah. And and we forget that when when we look at somebody that that, that appears to be further along than us, it, it might be like mm-hmm. we know a lot more about a specific niche than they do. You know, everybody's yeah. got their spot. Yeah, and and that's how you provide value. You know what I mean? You yes. Find what they need help with, and you help them with their problem and. You know, it, it was it was hard for me for so long to start charging for consulting, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, well, I'm not going to charge any executives for it. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to, you know, charge any entrepreneurs for it, you know, and then mm-hmm. and then now I'm like, I have to I have to because well, it's gotten to the point where it's like that's the audit. Right. Yeah. Send, send the invoice. And if they're about it, then great. If not, no big deal. But now I can't take time away from my company unless it's to develop another division, which is the consulting. So. I've got, I've got to, I've got to uh, have integrity and make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do at, with my business. And then if I do go outside of it, then it's, it's worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's worth that time that I'm taking away from my business. You know, completely so. understand You know, I, I do it for free because I love it. But then when you mm-hmm. turn around you're like, Hey, wait a minute. Um, you know, we, we need to get paid for this too. And it yeah. does, it separates the serious people from the, mm-hmm. uh, from the people that just want the free shit, which, which yeah. is why we podcast anyway. My man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Doug, before we go, um, where can the guys listening uh, follow you on social media? And what is the name of your podcast one more time? So uh, any any social is going to be TXBizDad, T-X-B-I-Z-D-A-D. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's my handle across all social. It's, you can also find me at TXBizDad.com. That has the link to my podcast and all my social media there. And then uh, my podcast is Building Great Sales Teams. 
I love it. Like we're going to yeah. drop those in the show notes, and uh, and I am going to head over as soon as I get done on this podcast and go leave you uh, a five star review. Appreciate sir. that. <laughs> Appreciate that. And and guys, go and uh, go and subscribe to Doug's podcast and give him a listen because he does drop some uh, some serious knowledge on uh, on sales and sales teams over there. Doug, thank you for taking the time to hang out with us today. It's been my absolute pleasure to uh, to check one off your bucket list and uh, have you as a guest on the show. So thank you. Yeah, it was an absolute blast. I can't even believe it's been an hour and 15 minutes already. <laughs> Thanks right. for having me. Hey, dude, I really appreciate you, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Doug Mitchell, president and CEO of Argenta Solar and the host of the Building Great Sales Teams podcasts. Run on over, click the links that we leave in the show notes and uh, give his stuff a follow. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, uh, leave us a review, share it out, speak about it, and uh, maybe some other people can find the show and benefit from it too. All right, that's it from us for today. Be sure and tune in Wednesday when we'll have another episode of Sam and Kyle see what's up and then of course Friday we'll have your Friday fire you'll be good stay safe and have a great week been the small business surgeon podcast if you've made it this far you clearly like it so go on itunes and leave us a five-star review this helps people find the show and spread the good word share with friends and follow us at small business surgeon on facebook and instagram thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for your follow-up next week the small business surgeon was recorded at texas media foundry in historic downtown Bryan, texas Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.